one of the biggest stories, or well, the main story, and um, we talked about this a little bit with Bray Shawnee, mm. Mudge stands, stands down as Kiwi coach after the New Zealand Rugby League ultimatum. So I thought uh, it was all done. Um, you know, he was he was happy to move on, and, and it looks like he's going to take over the New South Wales gig, but New Zealand Rugby League said... Yeah, it's a strange one. And Braith um, said it when we did speak to him, and I get the same feeling. And obviously, Braith probably has got a lot better uh, mail than I do, but there's definitely a sense that he was he was pushed rather than stand out. It sounds like he's obviously done done the right thing, keeping up appearances and sort of said that he's stepping down. But no doubt in my mind, he's been pushed. After coming off, was it the biggest loss the Kangaroos have ever suffered? Arguably one, yeah, of, it is. one yeah. of the biggest wins um, Kiwis Rugby League have ever had. To then push the coach out after that I mean it's it's a very very strange one and I'm a big believer in I don't think you can do club coaching and origin coaching now I think I think club coach is definitely 100% um, a solo gig there's no doubt in my mind he could have done Kiwis coach and Blues coach at the same time you, do you agree or do you say nah, no I'm on the other side with oh, this yeah? one yeah just being I, I'm just looking at it from a purely a recruit because one thing I think um, a lot of people, you know, wouldn't understand or if you're not um, a younger player. So what happens is when you can't go through a process of you start to make your debut, specifically all the star kids, mm. 16 to 18 in particular, they'll start getting recruited that early. Yeah. Uh, if they show promise, and that would be as simply as playing Australian schoolboys, playing uh, Origin 16s, 18s, whatever the format may be. These It's probably 18s, it's 19s, bit, whatever, yeah. Yeah, whatever, every year. whatever it is. So what happens is for, for some players uh, who who grew up early in New Zealand, everyone knows the rules, you've got to be at least moved to Australia by 13 years old. So you know if you're a, a, a decent player or, f- or for whatever reason your family moved to Australia a little bit earlier, um, there's some conversations to be had with those kids and mm. Um, I, 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 Madge is a stand-up dude, and and this isn't a, a shot at Madge, but there is a conflict of interest mm. if indeed you are recruiting a player to play for the Blues eventually. Yeah, Therefore, we are a Tier One nation, and I'm talking about the Kiwis. They would be excluded from mm. playing for the Kiwis forever. Yeah, like it's not like you can represent Samoa or Tonga. And then eventually go. All right, now I'll, I'll go back and play for my country of heritage. Yeah, uh, we don't have that freedom being a tier one nation. So, yeah. um, it's only for a couple of cases, but some of those names could be huge. Like mm. if you look at a guy like Caelan Ponga, for instance. Um, if you know, uh, and and Reece Walsh, um, yep. he's got you know he's got Maori blood, New Zealand Maori blood. So, imagine how big it would be if we'd uh, locked in Reece Walsh from. <laughs> 16-17 and yeah. he's now not after we just won 30 to nil with a Herculean an effort from Charles Nickel Klogstad but Reese Walsh in and amongst yeah. uh, our best 17 so far out look, oh, that's where I think it gets a touch tricky uh, and then and then again also uh, an understanding even though I'm a proud Kiwi that Origin is the mecca mm. of of, of our game it is the pinnacle of our game it gets so much attention for two months of the season in the middle yep. part of our NRL season and I just think you know over the years we've seen um, you know even Freddie uh, just slowly get you know bogged down by yeah. all the questions all the media so if you're going through all the stuff that Freddie had been through for the last couple of years in particular and then he's got to refocus and then somehow just say he does coach New South Wales, they lose a series to Billy Slater in Queensland. 
and then he's got to refocus and then not only now beat that Queensland team, but throw in his best New South yeah. Wales players as well at the end of the year after not getting the dog job done for New South Wales or even or even if it's the other way around. Yeah. Um, you're coaching against players that, you know, I just... I, 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 I feel like New Zealand have made the right decision, but also I just think Madge is going to do a great job for... I think he was the best candidate for New South Wales. Mm. And... Uh, I, I, th- I think there'll be plenty of people putting their hands up for that Kiwis job, for it, sure. It's a, um, it's a little bit like, you know, gun, um, you know, key positional players. That it, it, we all know they're so important to a team's success. The ones, the, the sevens, those those sort of types. They're so rare. And the exact same applies to the coaching world as well. Mm. The the Craig the Craig Bellamy's and, and Wayne Bennett's don't come around all that often. And, and I put Madge, like, he, he is an, a, a, an elite coach. I know he's probably been tarnished a little bit by the time at West Tigers, but yep. God, I don't know if I'm not sure if Bellamy could have done a much um, different job there, given the the stock that he had. Ivan Cleary, um, Cleary, same exact same exact same deal. So I definitely put Madge um, right at the top there. And speaking of Freddie, by the end of that series, wasn't he? He was just it didn't look like a more burnt out bloke um, in all of Australia. It just makes me. <laughs> why would you ever want to be? a coach in this the, the scrutiny that they go under and Origin is even a different level because you've got a whole state after you when it goes wrong um, why on earth would you be a coach I felt so bad for him at the back end what about you're a proud Kiwi aren't you Gibbo oh, um, yeah. how do you feel how do you what do you after, mean after don't the, sit on the no, fence no, now after mate. that 30-0 no. win he's a Kiwi <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah the day after the 30-0 win you're texting me going up, <laughs> up the Kiwis yeah no I, um, I've agreed with you the whole time through this scope I don't see I get like Braith was sort of saying that he could have done both and he wanted to do both but I just don't see how it could work and to be honest like if you're going to be the Kiwis coach, that should be prestigious enough for you to. That it's should be point. your. That you. That should be your coaching. I don't know. I guess I'm thinking that Madge's probably want to get in, wanting to get back into the NRL at some stage, right? I'm sure he thinks he's got unfinished business. You go out yep. there and do a job with the Blues. You're probably more likely to get an NRL role because you're back here in front of the media. You're winning games. Uh, I don't think he could have done both, and I agree with your point. Um, but Again, listening to Dylan Brown, and I took a lot away from that going a week early, going to visit the yeah. eyes, like trying to immerse himself in the Kiwi culture. I, like he doesn't, I don't think he deserves to have to be given that ultimatum. But at the end of the day, I just don't think he could have done both. And to be honest, like, is the names have been bandied about someone maybe like Stacey Jones? Is Stacey Jones going to get the same amount as Madge did for this series? Because at the end of the day, Scope, as we're both proud Kiwis, we want to see them winning. And at the end of the day, whoever's going to make them win, I'm on board with that. And and I'm not sure if Stacey Jones has got that same sort of aura as Madge does. Yeah, Stacey Jones is a, a legend of New Zealand of rugby course. league. He was a, an ex team. He was a young fellow when I was talk, telling the story about my dad playing for the Warriors. Um, he's probably not the X's and O's coach mm. that is required in this day and age, like a Madge. Uh, you know, he's he's just one of those guys that you've got to have at the club, yeah, uh, or for international level. So, if you know Stace was involved as an assistant coach and, and a halves coach, which he knows uh, better than probably anyone in New Zealand rugby league, um, I think that's the role for him. But I'm I'm going to be intrigued to see who mm. sort of presents themselves. Uh, few names that have been tossed up. I, th- I think a lot of people back in New Zealand are, are keen to get a Kiwi back involved. But if you look at the success we've had, you know whether it be Wayne Bennett yep. assisting Stephen Kearney in the 2008 
um, campaign that we uh, shocked um, Australia with in the final up in Suncorp or, mm. or even Madge just getting the job done. I, it doesn't bother me if it's an Australian coach. Uh, I, I just want the best possible candidate that's available right now that is passionate like a guy like Madge who's willing to put in the work, go a week earlier, immerse himself in the culture, find out what he, you know, how Kiwis tick and, and, and the traditionalist parts of being at a Marae and whatnot. So um, I think it's going to be a highly sought-after position as well. Probably yeah. not to the level of New South Wales where uh, with Origin, you know, all those different sort of expectations come. Um, I know there do, you are... think, do you think most Kiwis are, are on the same page as you regarding not being phased with it being an Aussie? Or is there a sense over there that they want it to be I'd say that'd homegrown. be pretty split. Okay. I'd, I'd say more Kiwis that lived over here yeah. would be uh, open to Australian just because we've been through the system. And like, in, so, in saying that, I grew up here from three years old all the way yeah. through. So the majority of my life I've been coached by uh, Australians. Uh, and, and when I say this, I if if the right Kiwi coach presented itself, like a Nathan Kalis, who's done his apprenticeship life after footy, going through the ranks, being assistant coaches uh, at the New Zealand Warriors, I think under Brad Arthur at times for Parramatta Eels, he'd be a great candidate. Um, and I wouldn't even be opposed to my you know my ex. I don't know you know if he has ambitions to ever do it again, but. Um, Stephen Kearney always did a great job with the Kiwis. I think he got weighed down a little bit when it sort of started turning into a full-time yeah. role and he was still doing assistant coaching with trying to be a first-grade coach as well at one point. Um, so, yeah, we'll see who see what uh, presents itself. I'm, uh, uh, some other big news uh, throughout the week. For the Knights, Jacob Saifidi extends for three more years. So they've got a couple of players off contract, specifically Bradman Best. Yeah. And there were some, some big Wynum. numbers uh, thrown around for from West Tigers, I believe, for, for Bradman. But I think he's I think he's rejected that. And it looks like he's going to stay put um, with the Knights. I thought, for me, and it's on the run sheet, the biggest news for me this week, the source, <laughs> Joshy Mansour, is retired from Rugby League. Obviously played for the Newtown Jets uh, this year. A storied career, so well done to the source. He's... He's officially uh, hung out the boots. You're saying uh, off air, one of the one of the great fellows. Yeah, so I, I never had the uh, the pleasure of playing with the source Josh Mansell, but his reputation around the league, uh, one of the good guys, doing great work again. One of those guys, you do yourself a favour. Uh, he's uh, hosting a podcast with yeah. Josh Adokar, let's trot. So uh, <laughs> respectfully to source, I thought he already was retired. <laughs> I actually didn't know he was still running around. Um, I thought he got retired, and this is respectfully when Nathan Cleary were putting up those torpy bombs to him a couple of years ago. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh <laughs> it's uh, Sydney, but yeah, apparently one of the great characters. Yeah. Um, and like I said, he's uh, he's been doing heap of stuff for the NRL, and and yep. and, and he's um, I think he's one of those guys that's got a fair bit going on. So uh, congratulations to Josh Mansour. Um, I'd say this is probably this is the one that's been the biggest news, and and if yes. it does indeed get done, just above it, West Tigers make a four point five million dollar four year contract for Jerome Law. So. Um, just on that, mate. Uh, do you think that is the correct price? Do you th- and also what? Where do you see Jerome Loy playing in twenty twenty four? Well, he he has to just take that. I think the the ceiling that the Panthers got to with him was did they get to eight hundred? They might have at a stretch got his deal to eight fifty a year. Yep. Now he's well over the ones. Uh, what's that? A bit over one point one a year. Yep. Over four years, and the thing that he's got obviously on his side, he's got three. Grand final wins in the back pocket. He doesn't have to really chase 
success now. He, you know, he doesn't really owe. He doesn't have to prove anything to anyone, I guess. So for a, for a guy to completely set up his future, I think he's got a young family as well. This is just an absolute no-brainer. And I think there's no way that the Panthers... And you, you know, you see how the Melbourne Storm have managed their list in the past. Penrith do the same. These teams are just too shrewd. They know what a, a, a player's worth is. Yep. And not worth in the sense... It, we're all got to deal... Well, they've got to deal with salary cap um, pressures. So there absolutely has to be a ceiling. And I think for Luai, for them, how he fits into their structure and knowing how just big Nathan Cleary is, first and foremost, to that club, um, that 850 was was a ceiling. So for me, it's an absolute no-brainer that he goes to. He has to take that at West Tigers. Yeah, I'm with you. And I wouldn't be surprised if that number even goes a little bit further just to, to get him over the line. When, he, when you think about him potentially staying, think about it for a couple of reasons. The one main reason and... and um, the one that sort of stands out, Western Sydney Junior, relationships, yep. uh, brotherhood. But in saying that, he's lost Stephen Crichton over the last, um, this season and, and uh, Spencer Lenu, who is really close with him uh, in particular. And the other one would be legacy. But what I was thinking about you know, the, when I heard the news throughout the week, whether Jerome, like it'll be on his resume for the rest of his life, mm. but whether Jerome wins, he's already got three in a row. Whether he wins, he could win four before this, he leaves. So this contract's for 25. So And they're going to be favourites to win the comp next yep, year correct. as well. So, so he could have four. There's a good chance he finishes four. And if they're trying to re-sign him for two more years, if Jerome wins five, wins five, ends up winning five compared to three, is his legacy going to be any different? Probably, yeah. not, probably not, right? Mm. But if he goes to West Tigers and if they make the finals next year... yeah. Or in 2025 with Jerome Lawley arriving, I think that speaks volumes for mm. his uh, legacy, even more so than potentially being a four-time, four-in-a-row, five-in-a-row yeah. premiership winner at Penrith. Yeah, right. Because obviously they've got a lot of work to do between yeah. between now and then. But and the other thing, if he can if he can drag them up and he gets them to a top four, that's justified the money as well. It's clearly been yeah. you know a shrewd investment. So there's that angle as well. Um, but yeah, for me, definitely has to take it. Scope, I guess last one on Luai. Do you think he has the ability to be the guy at a team, to be a halfback like Cleary is at the Panthers, like you know all the genuine halfbacks are in the competition? Can you see that from Jerome Luai? Yeah, yeah, I, I really do. i just seen only a small sample size uh, controlling the Samoan team, and he's going to be a different sort of play. He's not going to be uh, the... He wouldn't change his game... So much where he's touching the ball as Nathan as much as Nathan yep. Cleary does in some of the other halves. But one thing that you can tell he's got uh, is in spades at Penrith Panthers is he's a vocal leader. Yeah. So that might not not might not necessarily be as much as just touching the ball so often, but just letting the boys know where they've got to get around on the field and and being like I think one of his greatest strengths is being able to play Robin so well yeah. throughout his career and just sit back uh, play. Second phase out the back of most shape and, and managed to get the job done. So really intrigued. We'll probably uh, have some more news on that. I wonder I wonder what his Instagram post will be when he inks this uh, <laughs> when he inks the four point five million dollar deal. There'll yeah. be something there. He'll have something in the back pocket, surely. Yeah, he'll be ready to go. <laughs> he'll be ready to go once he makes that decision. Um, another guy that's in the news uh, who's only just recently become available due to um, family commitments and wanting to move back to Sydney. Adam Fanil Blake has met um, with Gus Gould, 
uh, this week. It mm. was it was feels like Gus Gould doesn't have a meeting that doesn't get snapped. Uh, does he have his own personal? And there's always yeah. there's always a lazy Susan involved as well. Yeah. Wherever, wherever he has a meeting, there's definitely some fried rice getting spun around the table. Uh, and, well, there the Bulldogs and the Dragons are leading the race for Adam Fanua Blake. Uh, Shawnee, where do you where do you oh. see uh, Adam Fanua Blake landing? Well, as a uh, a big Bulldogs fan, scope I would love to see him in the blue and white in a couple of years. Um, it does, all, all the mail is, it, it sounds like it's going to be one of those two. It's definitely going to be a Sydney club that obviously narrows it down once again. And I wonder if, so the, the news that um, CY Takiyaro won't be joining the Bulldogs either yeah. seems pretty convenient. I know they sort of, they fit, they did a medical and weren't too happy with, I think it was a knee maybe, don't quote me on that, but there was some sort of medical issue, but pretty convenient that they'll probably have a bit more coin in the cap for... Um, 2025, and that that is the one piece. If I look back as a Bulldogs fan, for sure, the one piece of the puzzle that they are missing is some some quality starch up front. And you look at the the teams that are winning comps and challenging comps: Panthers, fast, aggressive pack; Broncos, exactly the same. You put AFB in that Bulldog side, and Matty Burton during the week has been getting a fair bit of heat as well. A lot of chat. They're going to move him to centre. And I think people, he was playing um, in that Panthers side at centre, obviously killing it, but he just hasn't had a full pack to play off the back of yeah, in the sixth jersey. If you put someone like AFB in that pack and he gets a bit more go forward and he's able to play fast off the back of that, he's a superstar. And I'd, I'd be shocked if Birdo doesn't play six next year. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, another, speaking of sixes, Matty Moylan, he leaves uh, yeah. the Sharks immediately and he's heading to the Lee Leopards. Uh, who just come off? Uh, they Challenge won Cup. the they Challenge yeah. Cup this, this year. Yep. Yeah, they did too, um, with Adrian Lamb at the helm yep. and and Lockie Lamb is his son playing for him as well. So it looks like there'll be a three way battle uh, between Braden Trindle, Dan Atkinson, and Kate Dykes for that vacant spot. And I know the great Joel Kane speaks very very highly of Kate Dykes. I think he's coming back from a, did he do his ACL? Yep. I reckon Kibo. So yep. he's got to come back from a big injury. But the other fellow as well, Dan Atkinson, he was doing great things for the Newtown Jets, signing a deal with the with the Sharkies. So they've got a bit of depth there. Um, the Sharkies, who are, we got to uh, got to call a spade a spade. They're under a bit of pressure to <laughs> to, to not only make the finals again, but actually win a final. Did, we know what's happened to them the last couple of years. Yeah, they're just missing that like last X factor, yeah. aren't they? Um, I know a little bit about Kate Dykes yeah. as well. Um, sort of used to go. He 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 was working at a gym. Um, yeah, coming through high school footy and and then going into the Sharks junior system. He's actually done. I believe he's had. Two major injuries. They might even be both ACLs in really? two out of the last three years. So he's just a guy that's just been able to unable to stay fit at mm. this point of his career, but trains the absolute house down. Is fit as a fiddle. There he is. is he is he officially in the team? Training the house down. Training the house down. You've got to. Well, we've got to get again. We need some footage. <laughs> um, so we need to get Joel and Fletch to get on top of that, but. He's a player with uh, massive potential for sure. And he, so. made, he made his debut, was at the back end of 20, would have been 22. Two. Two. Yep. Back end of last year, yeah. And we saw it in his debut. He had a, he had a, a huge game. Um, so I think he's got a, it's just, a, you'd hate to see injuries um, holding back any further because I think he could be uh, he could be a huge talent.